Good morning, everyone. Happy Friday and welcome to Simply Remarkable. Now, it was created by Remarkable, a Speakers Bureau, and I'm your host today, Sue Falcone, founder and CEO of Remarkable. Now, we began this show for you. We wanted to showcase our talent that we represent so that you could get to know them personally like we do. Yes, we know every person that we represent. And also you can see their value as a speaker or performer. And you never know, you might be looking for something for your event or you know someone who is. You'll also see how remarkable they are and they will help you be remarkable too. Now again, happy Focus Friday. That's what we kind of titled it today. And thank you for joining us. We have our active live chat line open. And please give us any questions or comments throughout this fun, fast 30 minutes. And let us know where you're coming from. We're global and we love it. And we love to know where you're coming from. Now we know at the heart of every sale, every interaction between a leader and team member, every conversation with a customer is a connection. How to make those connections effective and leverage them for greater success is our special guest strength. Colette Carlson holds a master's degree in human behavior and presents in-house programs at Microsoft, Costco, Federal Express, Procter & Gamble, and many more around the world. And she's also been featured in Success and Working Mothers Magazine. Now, Colette has earned her certified speaking professional designation held by less than 10% of speakers worldwide. And in 2017, she was inducted into the Speaker Hall of Fame. She grew up in Chicago and now lives in San Diego, but she tells me she still loves pizza over tofu. Welcome, Colette, to our show today, and we just thank you so much for coming. Uh, thank you, Sue. And I grew up on the south side of Chicago, so that's the thin crust, not the big fatty like most people assume. Just saying. <laughs> okay. All right. We got that straight. Okay. That's that's what we all love. Okay. We got that. And we're thankful because you're coming to us from San Diego, right? I am fortunate to be home this morning. Yes. She had to get up early. I just wanted to thank her for doing that. And look, she looks great. So, hey, we're we're in good shape here. So thanks again. And we're going to start this fun fast because it goes so quick. I mean, you know, but we want to know all about you, Colette. And we also know we're going to learn some valuable tips from you today. We know that. So let's start out. Colette, everybody wants to know. This is the first question everybody asks. Now, how did you ever get into the world of speaking? How did it happen? Did it just happen or what? <laughs> oh, gosh. You know, growing up, I wanted to be a teacher. My mother was a teacher on the south side of Chicago and encouraged her daughters at that time to take a different path, even though she loved her career. 
And so I kind of flipped and flopped, got my degree, was doing public relations and marketing for a company. And through a series of circumstances, I ended up in a seminar with Tom Hopkins, who back in the day was a national sales trainer. And there was an opening at his company for a field sales rep. And I got the job. And so it meant that I traveled the country and preceded him to a market, would live there with our team for six to eight weeks, pre-selling the seminar by going out and doing mini 45-minute sales presentations and then becoming a salesperson at the end and closing for the business to attend the seminar. And I very quickly became his number one sales rep, got promoted, um, promoted, excuse me, recruited by Brian, Brian Tracy's team, another sales legend. And that's when I early on decided, oh my gosh, look, they're just going to teach adults. And so I spun it into a national sales training job with a division of US West because I knew I needed corporate experience and then eventually launched my own career uh, as a solopreneur. Wow. Wow. All those big names. You just never know. You never know how all that ever works out. I'm just so happy for you. I'm happy that we got to meet. That was, that's important. That's important. Now, your experiences that you bring to an audience focus on the power of connection as it applies to leadership, sales, and stress. Mm -hmm. Now, tell us, why do you feel connection is key to someone's professional success? Connection. Well, relationships are everything and connection builds trust, trust builds relationships. And it's really relationships that drive everyone's resilience, their revenue and their results. And so when you think about it, if you can't con connect, you're not going to be able to influence or impact anyone. If you can't connect, people aren't really going to believe that you have their best interest at heart because that's what connection is. It's emotional. It's personal. And so it really is the ability to connect that allows you to take the next step in any relationship. So whether that is leading a team or offering someone a product or service, or like I said, even dealing with your own level of stress and resilience, it all starts with that ability to start a relationship. And that relationship begins with a connection, that warmth, that you need to be able to create uh, so that somebody wants to be a little bit more interested in what you have going on and your experiences. And so they ask the next question to keep the conversation even going. It starts within, it's with you. I love that. I love that because that just verifies the point of social media. You know, that's what it was intended to do was to make those connections before you ever attempted to, um, to sell or do anything else. You needed that relationship, that connection. And that's what drew me to you when I heard you. So that you influenced me a lot to know that that's key. That's key to success. And we've used it all along. So I appreciate that, that message that you bring because you never know how many people you do influence. You never know. And that's the connection that we all have now since COVID and we're cut, you know, we've come out of it and all like this, it seems like the tendency has been to focus on the problems, but I understand you've taken another stance on this. 
you believe that there's a leadership lesson that leaders have may have missed if they did not, if it wasn't for the experience of COVID. Can you tell us more about that? What do you think leaders would have missed had we have not gone through this pandemic? You bet. I think there was a lot of lessons learned on everyone's behalf, but if we're looking through this uh, a leadership lens, the increased empathy and compassion that leaders leaned into during the pandemic was overwhelming. All of a sudden, it wasn't business as usual. They needed to arm their teams with the tools and the skills that were necessary to survive, but they also needed to experience and share the whole mental wellness piece. Uh, for the first time, leaders got to see what was going on behind the screen here, you know, with the virtual communication. They saw someone's environment behind them. Maybe, you know, it was the empathy that came when you actually saw where someone lived. There was a much more transparency. There was more authenticity. Years ago, if you remember, there was a BBC newscaster whose child sashayed into the room while he was on a newscast. And it went viral and made national news because he was kind of trying to shove out the sassy little child who was followed in by her sibling in the walker. And then the mom came to grab them all because that was such an unusual setting. And yet when the pandemic hit, that was normalized. We all of a sudden exposed and shared our families, our environment, our hearts. And so there was an element that lent itself towards more compassion that leaders I don't think otherwise would have experienced. But also from a business element, leaders learned that people can be incredibly productive even if they're not being watched all day long. I mean, productivity soared during a time when it could have gone the other direction. People were responsible. They were working even extra hard and extra hours to grow their businesses and make sure that supplies got where they needed. I mean, people rallied together. And so those elements, I think, would not have come out. Prior to that, people did not think that remote work was a solution, um, that it, it just wasn't heard of. If only a select group of individuals were able to work remotely. And the pandemic proved that we are able to keep things humming at a high productivity level. So it eliminated all of that bias that leaders had around that issue. So I'd say the empathy, compassion, vulnerability, transparency piece mixed in with the productivity. Um, it allowed leaders to recognize that these myths sometimes they hold and these biases um, are unfounded. That's amazing. That is because we did learn that. And like I said, for the longest, those of us who had already been remote or located before COVID, you know, we're kind of saying, well, don't you need a storefront? Don't you need, you know, like this? And I, you know, that made it say it's okay. You know, it's okay. We can still do these kind of things. And uh, I even had to that tune. I even have a speaker that he started doing uh, virtual with his and his cat. You're right. Just <laughs> moving in during one. And guess what? 
he made a, a really big thing and they loved it. It's connection. <laughs> that's, that's the key right there. It's connection. It's, you know, the veil behind the facade that so many people used to just show up at work as this person. And then at home, they were someone else. And in reality, we really are born to be and bring all of ourselves you know, to work. We shouldn't have to be a chameleon uh, from one place to the next. And so it humanized everyone and created more connection, you know, in, in a way that we, I don't think otherwise would have had experienced without the pandemic. So true. So true. Thanks for sharing that. Now, <clears throat> this is North Carolina sinus and allergy time. <laughs> Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But next, as you know, our world is so fast paced today. What do you feel is the best way to connect at this time, both professional and personal? Well, I think what people need to realize is that connection takes time, right? Busyness is the enemy. Uh, coaching, engaging, leading, influencing, growing a, growing a business, growing a relationship. And we need to stop and be present with one another in order to develop those deeper, richer relationships. So I think that people need to recognize that there's a real case for investing in their human capital. I mean, research shows, for example, that a relationship with your manager is the number one factor in your job satisfaction. So again, if a leader is not investing in that relationship, if they're not coaching, growing, giving feedback, checking in, not checking up um, on emotional wellness, I mean, that's a leader's job. It's to grow, guide, coach. Now, when it comes to teams, uh, research shows that individuals are uh, the it increases 175 percent chance that individuals will stay with their companies six years or longer when connections are strong. So, again, it's the investment of time to make those connections happen. Uh, we need to bond as well as take care of business. We need to have connection before we sometimes get into the content. And those of you that are coming from a sales perspective, uh, Salesforce did research and they showed 86% of uh, buyers expect that trusted advisor relationship with their sales rep. However, 73% of those same individuals surveyed said the interaction feels transactional. So again, this is why I'm you know, so adamant about people you know, to stop transacting and to start connecting. And again, that takes time. So how can this happen? Leaders need to build in these moments. It can't just be, oh, we've got 30 seconds at the end of a meeting. We just shared uh, a lot of details with, and now everybody do, everybody's going, you know, everything okay? You know, when you think about it, everything okay, that almost demands a yes answer. It doesn't give people time versus um, how are you taking care of yourself today? You know, that creates the space for a genuine versus generic question, something that really helps people, you know, those that are on the receiving end of that question feel that that leader 
dares to care about the soul behind the role. They're not just checking a box and moving on quickly. Um, so it, it's time invested and being present when you invest that time. You know, there's a lot of things we can worry about in today's world or ruminate about, but I'm a big believer that we truly have to be where our feet are. You know, then we're not living life in the past lane. We're not thinking about or ruminating about things back here, nor are we freaking out about what's coming, what we have on our plate next. We are just right here, right now. And I believe when you have done that, you have won. And when you look at that word one, if you flip it around, it's now, N-O-W. So by being in the now, you have won because you've given yourself the gift of being single focused, which allows you to make fewer mistakes. Um, but it also gives the individual on the receiving end of your focus the gift of your time. And really, in today's world, that's the greatest gift you can give another. Wow. That was so powerful because um, Lisa, my broadcast director of this whole show, I love what you just said. A leader should check in, not check up. So Lisa, you're going to have to hold me accountable. Okay? <laughs> that always gets the pens moving when I say it, you know, in one of my programs, because most leaders understand that. And what, you know, what I go on to share is that you may think that that is just one, you know, that checking up creates a disconnect and one disconnect in the big picture uh, is minor. But what happens is the leader sometimes isn't aware of how many smaller disconnects are happening. And when they accumulate, that's when people feel drained or uh, they just disengage, you know, they quietly quit or they loudly resign because they just don't feel seen, heard, valued, and validated or respected or like they belong. And in today's world, belonging matters. In fact, you know that the U.S. Surgeon General just made belonging at work uh, one of their highest priorities uh, for everyone's mental health. Mattering at work, it's a key focus now. Wow, that's awesome. That's awesome because it should have always been, right? Now we've learned it. Now we've learned it. Now we've learned it. Now, Colette, you are a great blogger. I must tell you, when you put out blogs, they just resonate so much with where we're at and what we're doing. You're great at it. And you recently wrote one, which we shared as our corporate blog yesterday, called How Empty Is Your Wellness Tank? Can you share some of those tips so we can fill up our tanks this morning? Oh, it's been too long since I wrote it, but I'll share maybe something that's not in, the, in there. You know, I'm like, what were, what were my three strategies? Because there's like 25 in reality. Right. Um, but, you know, the one thing that I really uh, believe is that connection, it begins within, right? Because the relationship that you have with yourself, how you take care of yourself, what you say to yourself, it affects every other relationship in your life. So it really is about making sure that you maintain your level of wellness. Uh, and I will speak from the point that I most had to learn. First of all, you have to really be clear on what you want and also what you don't want. 
because when you're unclear, that zone of maybe or I don't know, you just get sucked into doing way too many things. So clarity is key. And unfortunately, clarity is often a rarity. People don't really know what they want and what they don't want. Or even if they do, uh, they don't protect their boundaries around it. And I don't really believe in this work-life balance, those judicial scales that look like this, um, because there's nobody that lives their life like this, unless you're retired or you have a tremendous amount of income. You know, it, it's balance over time. And so the only way we are going to, I think work-life integration or work-life synergy is better than work-life balance as an expectation in our brains to think of, but boundaries are necessary to create space for yourself. Um, and I think sometimes, that's a lot of times right away when I say that people push back and say, but Colette, you know, uh, in a work environment, you can't always say no, you have to take on some things. Well, that is true, again, depending on your level and your role. Um, however, I think people forget sometimes that they don't just automatically have to say yes either. They can negotiate they can negotiate the time frame, the, the deadline, the um, level of detail, perhaps getting some support on the project. And too often, individuals uh, don't make the time because they're fearful to go to their supervisors and get very honest and say, look, I have a six burner stove. I have six pots boiling over right now. And I was just handed another pot. Um, let's sit down and talk about the priorities um, so we can make sure that we're on the same page with this. And, and just start the discussion at least about your workload. And it's not saying I don't want to do this or I'm not a team player, but it's bringing the reality sometimes to your supervisor. So communicating that is key. I also believe boundaries um, need to happen, you know, well, not just at work, but at home. So if you're one of those individuals that runs around saying yes to everything, and it may come from the fact that you have a servant heart, well, that's great. Um, you know, this a, a, a servant heart, the abundance of, let me back up. If you look at a pie of time, right, the old clock and see it as a pie. Well, the pie of love and service, that pie of time, it's infinite, right? I mean, it's your heart. You want to give, you want to love, you want to take care and nurture and say yes. So the pie of service is infinite, but the pie of time is finite. And so every time you are saying yes to something, you are indirectly saying no to something else. And I think that people need to recognize their yes and their no. They need to visualize it so that they can make sure they make the best decision in the moment. And I've been doing this for years with everything. So even recently I got home, right? I make my sweetheart wait until I'm home to watch some of that great TV that we love, for example, Ted Lasso. So even last night he said, oh, come on, come on. Can't we just watch one more episode? And I thought, well, if I say yes to Ted Lasso, I'm saying no to some much needed sleep. And more than ever, we know now that sleep is one of the keys to our health. It used to be that we thought during sleep, our minds were somewhat inactive, but that is just the opposite of what's happening. There's so much memory 
information happening, synapses are linking, your brain um, is basically going through a dishwasher. And that's how I look at sleep so that it helps me sometimes get to bed because it's so easy to just do one more thing in our busy world. So I visualize that if I don't get enough sleep, that I'm pulling out the dishes halfway through the cycle. And now I have to eat off of them. So do you really, and think about it, you just keep doing that if you don't get enough sleep. So you're eating off a dirty dish and that's pretty much what the inside of your brain is looking like also when you don't get the necessary sleep. So boundaries are necessary and being really clear again on what you want and what you don't want. And if you have one of those individuals that find it difficult to say no, to use that no muscle, um, start small, use it in ways that you don't feel you're going to, you know, get too much pushback. Remember, no is a complete sentence. Uh, and you don't have to respond immediately in most circumstances. A lot of times people say, hey, we got this going on. Would you like to attend or join? Or you can simply say, um, you know, give me a moment to check my calendar and I'll get back to you. And then oftentimes people will say, well, but, but I need an answer right now. Well, then you say, well, then my answer is no. And then watch the deadline extend. Um, that's actually the first step of a four-step process. I have to say no, and I, I might as well complete it now. The second thing is, okay, so you stop, right? Just take a breath. Second is look, look at your calendar. Is there the white space there? If you calendarize everything, which is a better time management tool than keeping a to-do list because you really see what's on your plate, um, you can see whether or not you have that space. The third step, and you'll notice, yes, stop, look, listen, just like when you cross the street when you were a kid, you learned this. Stop, look, listen, listen to your body. It's always talking to you. When the person asked you, did you go, woohoo, can't wait, sign me up? Or do you wish that they would have magically disappeared? Because that's your body talking to you. And it knows best. We need to listen. And if in doubt, don't. You won't regret it. And then the fourth step is go. Go forward. Um, and speak your truth with integrity. You don't have to give a long answer. In fact, it's best not to, because then people want to overcome your answer. So it's best, research shows, to simply tell people, if you're looking for a flat uh, answer, please don't say, I don't have the time. People will overcome that objection. But simply say, you know, thank you, um, but right now I just don't have the energy. And the research shows people are much more accepting of that answer. So those are a few ways you can fuel your tank. I love it. And guess what? You got it right. All right. I mean, that's exactly what your blog said. So it was like, okay, oh, good. You're good. Uh, well, now then, it's not AI generated. Okay. That is, <laughs> you would have been able to pull that up. Uh, no, I, I haven't. I haven't gone that path yet, but uh, you know, I hear it's wonderful. <laughs> In some areas, I think it is, but for you, you know, we're you're original. <laughs> you know, it's like AI can't 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 mimic you. All right, but so I have. We're getting down here to our time, but I have one more question I want to ask um, before we close. But when I first met you, Colette, I remember a famous skit that 
every audience loves and raves about. And this is so cool to end this with fun. Uh, tell us about that skit and what inspired you to add this to your experiences with your audience. I mean, it's phenomenal. Thank you. Well, one of the things that I know being around this industry for 20 some years is there's really nothing that is new. There's new research, but when you look at most of what our people are sharing, they like to package it up as secrets and all this, but it's timeless truths that have helped people succeed for years. And I like to find clever ways to say things so that they're sticky and memorable and people remember them enough to put them into action. Because I'm that teacher at heart, right? I want you to change behavior. So the skit originally started when I was delivering a stress and resilience program. And I refused to say common things such as put your oxygen mask on first in a program. Because like, okay, we've heard that before, yawn. So I thought, how can I show individuals everything that they do, which will indirectly teach that point. So given who I'm speaking with, I would customize the presentation to look like a day in their life. And so if I'm doing this at a company, it could include even some of the sillies about just trying to find a parking space at this particular lot. Or if I'm doing it general, we all share certain things in life now, like the volume of emails that keep coming in. And so I have a prop. Um, my sweetheart calls me Carrot Top. And it means that I do not, uh, I always have to check luggage. So we write <laughs> and add it to my, my work, but I'm happy to do it because people respond and they see all that they do. And it's different than when you hear it. And that's what I hear the most afterwards. People say, oh my gosh, what are you following me around? How did you know that about my life? Or wow, we always hear how much we do, but seeing it was so impactful. And so that's why I did it and it worked. So now it's part of my repertoire, depending on which presentation I'm delivering, because people so connect with it. And it also shows the individuals that I've done my homework on them because it's very specific to the audience I'm speaking to. And so they're kind of like, how did they know that goes down in the company cafeteria, you know? And so they feel seen and heard and valued and validated, which is key to building a connection. You're so right on because it engages people and it almost makes the, the audience feel like you're just part of their, their world. You know? I've often been asked after a program, oh, how long have you been in this industry? I'm like, well, I do my homework. <laughs> That's the key of a great Hall of Fame speaker is you do your homework. And it's just been, you just amaze me. Every time we speak, every little note that you send, because you're so um, great at that, that you want to keep that connection and you're thankful and grateful for life. You bring a positive image. And look, I saw recently a picture with you and your mom. <laughs> I, I can see that. I mean, you know, she has to be so proud that she raised this, this wonderful person. And I have one final question for you before we go. What are you going to do today to be remarkable? 
Well, I haven't been home in 10 days. And so I'm going to treat myself to walking out my front door and taking a beautiful long walk on the beach. That's what fills my cup and brings me joy. And to me, that is remarkable. Oh, that is the ultimate goal. Um, look, I'll call you up and we'll make a, an appointment. We'll have to get together. That, that, that would be my favorite thing to, to, to want to do today, too. Now, I just thank you so much for coming with us because our audience out there, we want to know what are you going to do today to be remarkable? We'd love to hear it in the chat. We'd love to make a comment because we want to make sure that we're helping you know how to be remarkable as well because this is a more remarkable world and life and Colette lives it to the fullest. And we just thank you so much for joining us today, Colette. And we hope you'll come back. <laughs> thank you, Sue. Have a beautiful day, everyone. Make it remarkable. Yes. And everyone, we hope you will come back next Friday, May 26th, same time, same place, because our guest will be the international leadership, keynote speaker, best-selling author and entrepreneur, Dr. Rick Goodman. Now, he's one of the most sought after leadership and engagement experts today. His keynotes and workshops transform, leading to highly engaged employees and increased productivity. He provides nonstop energy and entertainment. He will transform, optimize, and accelerate us as he does with you and your teams and brings memorable experiences. You won't want to miss meeting him as he shares his tips and secrets we all want to know. And if everything works out, he will be live here in my studio with me. So that's we're working on that. So that's going to be fun. But again, we just thank you for being with us today. Oh, we've got people. Thank you, Colette. Ooh, yes, to be seen, heard, and validated makes it worth the work you're doing for them. Wow. Great comments, great comments. And we want you to subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already, so you won't miss an episode of our show. And you can go back to all the all the tips that she shared today. In case you didn't get them, you're gonna have them available to you. And we hope you will have a remarkable spring weekend. And we'll see you again next Friday. Bye. That's our special tune. <laughs> it's lovely. Isn't it great? Yeah, it's high energy. Yeah.